Okie dokie, folks. Welcome to the Roots Report podcast, presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Rhode Island Ballet Theater, and Mother Earth Wellness. I am your host, John Fusick. Today, we have singer, songwriter, guitarist, Richie Fure. He is best known as a founding member of the Buffalo Springfield and Poco as well as the Souther Hillman Fure Band. Fure is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and a member of the Colorado Music Hall of Fame as well. Richie Fure will be at the Odium in East Greenwich on Thursday, October 26th at 7 p.m. I got a good reason for loving you It's an old-fashioned sign I kind of get to feeling like mm, You know when I fell in love the first time Won't you love me tonight I see the look in your eyes Kind woman Before you hear the old folks say, Love's an ageless alright. But nowadays, you know, the sin depends so much on. Your eyes 
Hello. Richie? Yes, hello Yay, there. it worked this time. I don't know what's going on. Something, something <laughs> weirds with the phones. All I was hearing was... Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I caught you, and I'm glad I can hear you, and you can hear me. The, the wonders Absolutely. of technology never cease to disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Te technology drives me up a wall. It's just... You know, they create these things to make life easier, and they just make life more complicated, really. Well, they have for me, I'll tell you that. I'm not very good at it myself. But. Uh, so you're up in Colorado right now? Yep. Mm -hmm. Are you in the mountains? We live a little west of Boulder. We live up in the foothills west of Boulder. Nice. Must be beautiful yeah, up is. there. It is. It's really nice. It's a beautiful day today. We've had a had a cold spell, and it's really warmed up. I think yesterday was almost eighty, and today I think it's going to be almost the same. So it's it's uh it, it'll be fall here soon enough, and we'll be asking for that warm weather. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> one of these days, I got to get to Colorado. It's one place I haven't been yet. Well, it's a beautiful state. I'll tell you that. I uh, Nancy and I, when we arrived here, we said we're in for the duration, and that's exactly how it's turned out. <laughs> now, you're originally from Ohio? Uh-huh. Yep. Grew up in Yellow Springs. And what made you move to Colorado? Well, uh, that was a long about, you know, crazy jaunt. I went to New York to be a folk singer back in uh, the early 60s, and when that didn't work out, went to California to uh, start Buffalo Springfield with Stephen Stills, and then when that broke up, we uh, put Poco together and then just decided, hey, we want to move to Colorado. And so even though we had two Colorado boys in there, it was kind of crazy for them to move back, but they did. And uh, that's how I ended up here, though, from uh, Ohio to New York to Los Angeles to Colorado. Well, it all worked out for you because you're, you're a legendary musician at this point in your life. Well, I, I I don't know quite how to I don't know how to respond to that legendary. I don't know. I well, mean, I, I think I can put legendary on some people's names, but I don't know about mine. Well, you're part of uh, a movement in the '60s. I mean, you were part of the Buffalo Springfield. Now that's that's the band you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with, right? Right. Yes. Now Poco is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Poco is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Poco is in the Colorado Music Hall of Fame, but not in the uh, not in the Hall of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I really feel that's a uh, that's an oversight, uh, huge oversight. It, it's a it's a bad oversight. Uh, you know what? I think that it had a lot to do with the fact that you know when when the when the band was really making its its noise or whatever, we never really had the hit record. And I think they plan on or play upon that, you know, the success rather than the influence. Now, you talk about influence. I was just at my friend's concert down here in Denver a couple weeks ago, uh, and Timothy B. Schmidt and, and Don Henley both. Uh, Don, I was very flabbergasted at the fact that he took the time to not just make a, a quick little quip, but he, he actually took time to um, to mention me and and say some very nice things, uh, you know, about uh, my my uh, my history and, and influence and all that. So you know, it's it's too bad that some that some bands that influenced probably the most popular American one of the most popular American bands that there ever was, you know, that doesn't find a place in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But such is life. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, Poco is cited as the influence for so many bands, and the fact that the Eagles poached two bass players from Poco. <laughs> we were their uh, farm team, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I was just going to say that. 
Well, listen, they knew a good thing just like me when they heard it, you know, and uh, when they took Randy on and, and then when Randy, uh, you know, had his issues with them and, and Timothy, you know, they came to Timothy and I could see why, man, because Timothy's a, he's a perfect fit for that band and he is, uh, he's proven himself to just be a wonderful musician as well as one of my best friends. Oh, that's good. And then you had another band, the Souther Hillman Forey Band. You know, that, again, I mean, you've got J.D. Souther, who, who's a great songwriter, performer. Yep. You know, he, was, yep. he wrote a lot of hits with the Eagles and Jackson Brown and stuff. Chris Hillman from The Birds and uh -huh. yourself. I mean, that's yep. not a band to sneeze at either. That's an amazing band in itself. I mean, it's just, you've been part of so much music history over the years. It's just, you know, it's amazing what you've been part of. It, it, it is mind-blowing when I look back on it really is <laughs> well you I, I watched some videos of yours and one of the things you started off a show it says we're gonna play a lot of history for you <laughs> and that's about it you know like that's that's all i have i don't have the hit record so i have to play history <laughs> well it, you know the fact that you're out you're almost 80 years old you're you're, you're going to be 80 next year the fact that you're still out there and doing it has to say a lot for what you're doing and and by the way we're both tauruses your birthday is i'm may 10th and you're may 9th so we're close <laughs> We're close in birthdays, but 17 years apart in age. <laughs> you're, you're May 10? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> We're both Tauruses, so. So you've had a 60, 60, well, you've actually had more than a 60-year career at this point. Yeah, golly, man, I never, when I went to New York to be a folk singer uh, way back when in 60, what, three, something like that, I, I never dreamed we'd still be doing something at this day and age. I really do enjoy getting out and playing. I, I have to admit, man, I'm starting to wear down a little bit there's no doubt about it but um i, I enjoy playing and and i i enjoy the career that uh, that i've been able to have the influence that i've had i i i, I sometimes being in the middle of it i don't think so much of the influence because it's all who I was at the time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it wasn't something that, that was contrived. I'm just doing what I like to do, you know, and I had no idea at the time that, you know, the influence that we were going to have. And, you know, I think with Stephen and, and Neo and myself, you know, when we, when we were playing, I think it was just, uh, hey, we're just enjoying this. And then all of a sudden things did change in that band pretty quickly, though, you know, mm. being together only two years. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been quite a journey, man, to say the least but being right in the middle of it sometimes it's hard for me to look out and think think of the influence you know that i i may have had or my groups or whatever i you know um started out to to do had had an influence on others and yet i know that it did because people have said that people of significance have said it and it's really uh really quite humbling to say the least well there's a documentary about you i didn't find it i don't know if i don't know much about it i don't know if it's out but it's the documentary the life and influence of richie fure and it's narrated by cameron crow so that right there is got to tell you something about yourself i mean cameron crow doesn't get involved in things unless they're of substantial value value yeah cameron's a great guy and the documentary is not quite released yet you know it's still we're still uh you know putting it together it got slowed down as everything else did with the whole covid episode but uh you know cameron uh, i was his first interview so i kind of like you know had a little i had a little nudge there for him when we when, when we got him to uh to at least do the trailer and he's actually being involved in the rest of it as well so he's been really uh it's been really great but i hadn't heard from cameron for i don't know maybe 
maybe 40 years when on my social media page one day, I don't even know what the post was, but there was a, there was a comment, uh, you know, Cameron pro. And I'm thinking, no way, uh, <laughs> this is, this is not happening, you know? And so I, I wrote back and it got behind the scenes and I, I said, Hey, if that was really you on my, on my post, uh, I'm coming to California. I'm doing a show with Timothy B. Schmidt at the Saban Theater and love to have you come. And he wrote right back and said, it's me and I'm coming. And that was the beginning of uh, another stage of our of our uh, relationship. He's a, he's a great guy. He mm. is just a ter- terrific guy. Yeah, I, I like him. He's, he's got some cool stuff going on. You have, now you have an album that just came out or was coming out called In the Country. What is <laughs> Actually, Yanni came out. Um, it, it came out last year. Oh, did July. it? Okay, I've, I get mixed information when I'm researching well, actually, things. Actually, actually, I think. Let's see. I, I I don't even know what year I'm in right now because we <laughs> recorded. We actually started recording that before COVID as well, and then COVID slowed it down to the fact when it just came out about a year. It came out about a year ago. Okay. And um, it, it was it was the idea of a friend of mine that I'd recorded with. His name's Val Gray. A very significant uh, producer, record producer in his own right, uh, record producer of the year with Betty Davis eyes and and all that. But uh, I'd known Val since Buffalo Springfield days, and he came to a uh, concert that I was doing and said, "Hey, would you like to make another record with me?" We recorded. Uh, I still have dreams back in 1979 together, and I said, "Well, yeah, man, what do you got mine?" And he said, "Well, how about doing this uh, this album of country hits, covers of country hits?" And I thought, "Well, boy, that's interesting. Let's think about that for a few minutes. I don't know." what you got in mind but so he the way we sorted it out was he said look you make a list and i'll make a list and we'll see how close we are to uh, to making this record by just you know how close the people are the songs are whatever and interestingly enough the first song that i put on my list was the first song that he had on his list it was a song by john barry called your love amazes me Hmm. And um, from there, we just took right off, and and it was a it was a great experience. I enjoyed it so much. There was really no pressure. I wasn't having to write songs. All I had to do was help pick the songs, and then go into the studio out in Blackbird in Nashville, and um, and, and sing them as the band. You know, played them down, and they were such a great group of guys. I didn't know everybody that. Um, that I was playing with because I'd recorded all of my uh, solo music in Nashville since 1997 in Nashville with a group of the same group of guys every time I would go and this time the only two guys that I knew were Dan Dugmore and Chris Lusinger and the rest of the guys though I had no idea who they were but you know what man I sang 90% of this record live Wow. While the tracks were going down. Now, I mean, of course, they're tweaked. Every, I mean, you know, that's how you do it today. Right, but right. I mean, but when when you're able to sing with the band playing, you're all doing it. It's all going down. The emotions and the feelings and 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 all of that's going down with everybody all at once. And that's what I've only been able to do that with Val. Mm. Val's the only one I've been able to on 1970 in 1979 I did it and with this record that we just uh, made last uh, well that just came out last year we did it and it's a it's a really great album man I, I I did some really fantastic songs songs that meant a lot to me and then a couple that Val suggested that uh, he was really particular particularly fond of but um, it was it was a fun a fun record so what are some of the songs on this album well um your Love Amazes Me, obviously, by uh, John Barry. We did uh, Walking in Memphis. Mark um, 
and we, we did uh, I Hope You Dance by uh, Leanne Womack. We did uh, Somebody Like You, Keith Urban. We did The River by uh, Garth Brooks. We did, um, I'm just trying to think of all this. So we, we actually went back and did an old um, uh, John Denver song, um, Country Roads. Uh, I did an old Ricky Nelson because of the influence he had on me. I did uh, Lonesome Town. Um, golly, man, I'm trying to think of all the songs going on. Now you're talking that to sounds, like it, sounds like a great album. Oh, man. You know what we did? We went in wanting to make the songs our own. We didn't want to just go in and do copies because there was one song I wanted to do by George Jones, but we just could not turn it around to where it felt, um, you know, like it was just something fresh and brand new, like Lonesome Town. Lonesome Town on it is so, I mean, we just did it freshly. That And, and all the songs. We tried to make all of the songs mine. And um, that's how that's how it turned out, you know. really It really turned out that we did these songs. And I only had one guy give me a call that uh, that was the writer on one of the songs. I also did a song called uh, She Don't Know She's Beautiful. I think I and know that right- one. The writer of the song uh, got in touch with me via email, and he said, "Man, it's so nice to see you." Uh, Sammy Kershaw, I think, did the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he wrote and said, "Hey, man, it's so good to hear you do the song. I appreciate it." So yeah, it's, it was kind of cool, man. I, I was hoping to you know to hear back from some of the other people. I mean, I wasn't doing an album to to be competitive in any way. I mean, these guys already had the hits with them, right? Right. All I was doing was because they were songs that I really liked, and um, so I, the, one of my favorite songs on the album is a song that I learned it called Written in Chalk. Mm-hmm. But I guess it came down to just be called Chalk. And it's a song by Buddy Miller, a song that his uh, oh, okay. wife... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Julie Miller wrote the song, and that's my favorite, I think, my favorite song on the album. You know, it's the thing about you is you've got this very strong voice, this very recognizable voice, and you were, you you know, you handled a lot of the vocals, well, at least the way I see it, in the Buffalo Springfield, because you even sang Neil's songs in Buffalo Springfield. And one of my favorite, all-time favorite songs of any songs out there, I have like a list of my favorite songs out there, is The Way You Sing On The Way Home. And that is one of my favorite songs of all times, and I, I sing that with my band i have a neil young tribute band that i sing that with my, i sing that with my band and i look to your version of it when i sing it not to neil's solo acoustic version of it i look to your version of it when i cover it because i love the way cool. you sing it awesome awesome yeah you know how i got to singing a bunch of neil songs you know the beginning i wasn't really writing both Stephen and neil very pro- prolific and all that and and even though i had songs their songs just uh, uh you know seemed to be the ones that we would put on that at least the first record and and all but uh uh, why I, I ended up singing a bunch of Neil songs, uh, I don't know. I mean, Neil obviously went on to be one of the hugest American, you know, music artists that there was. But uh, it's how how the ball rolled, and I sang a few of his songs, and I enjoy. I did put a medley. To, it was so funny. I put a medley together. Oh golly, this has been probably 10, 15 years ago with a band I was playing with, and um, we, we did a medley of of um, Do I Have to Come Right Out and Say It? Nowadays, Clancy can't even sing and fly on the ground. Yeah, those. I and love we, those. Songs. And when we got together to do our reunion, it was so funny because Neil Neil got in touch with me and said, Hey man, why don't you come out a couple of days early before Steven gets here? You know, we'll just go over some things and do whatever. And I said, Hey, yeah, no problem. I think he was trying to see if I could really keep up with him or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we got there, and uh, and I said, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I've, I've been doing a medley of, of your songs and some of the shows that I've been doing, and, and maybe that would be a place to start. You know, we could do a medley of them. No. <laughs> he just said, no. He said, every song has to stand on its own. On us by itself, and so we never did a medley. Although we did 
we did in the buff in the Buffalo Springfield reunion. I think I know we did Clancy, and we did. Do I have to come right out and say it? we didn't do uh, Flying on the Ground is wrong? But the, yeah, he he said every song has to stand. No, every song has to stand on its own. So there you go. Man. <laughs> well, that's he's, that's one of the things about Neil Young is he's very. You know he's very adamant in his ways, and he he does oh, he what he is, wants man. to, and it's just always and, been and you like love that. Him or you don't love him, and I you know I appreciate Neil for who he is, and and we have a we have a we have a good friendship even to this day. I mean, it's not one that we talk every week that we don't do that, but uh, you know we have a good relationship, and when we're together, you know, there's a lot of respect for one another, and and I found that with um, you know obviously with Stephen as well that I know a lot better than I know Neil. Yeah, now, now you started out with Stephen in the Argo singers now that's something that i just read that's that was new information to me because i had never heard of this band but it was a it was a big band it was nine people or something yeah we were take off on the new christy minstrel serendipity singers and that type of thing we never got to make the record that we should have made um unfortunately man that the group had to break up we got forced to break up i mean when you're on roulette records man you got to be careful <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, that was on roulette records and, and we only made one record for him and and it was not our second record would have sounded much more like the modern folk quartet and um that's Hen the, henry diltz's band yeah uh-huh henry diltz and, and uh, chip douglas and yeah. uh, uh cyrus farrar and and uh, uh i can't remember the other guy um anyway uh if we would have been able to make our record it, that would have been that would have been wonderful well, yeah. the record company back then, they were just, they were more in control with the, I mean, sometimes they didn't even let the musicians play their own instruments. They they got wrecking crew bands in to play and, you know, mm -hmm. they just let you sing if you were lucky. Well, you know, Buffalo Springfield was one of the first bands to play our own music and, you know, quite frankly, I don't know, maybe we would have done better off if we would have had the wrecking crew make our <laughs> record, I don't know. We would have been better off if we would have had someone else in the studio with us than uh, Charlie Green and Brian Stone, that's for sure. I mean, the stuff that you recorded back there with Buffalo Springfield is forever in influential on a lot of bands. It's forever influential yep, on me. Yep. I mean, that was the core for, you know, that was a jumping off point for you to go into Poco. I mean, you know, you and Jim Messina and uh, Rusty and Randy. I mean, like I said, Poco is the was the archetypal sound for, like, uh, country rock. I mean, that's where basically where country rock came from was Poco. Well, it did. There, there were a couple of bands, obviously, you know, I mean, and, and sometimes Poco gets dissed, which kind of, you know, it's kind of like, oh, well, okay, if that's how it goes down, that's how it goes down. But I mean, you know, the birds were doing Sweetheart of the Rodeo around the same time. We actually had our record uh, made before Sweetheart of the Rodeo came out, but we didn't have a record contract, so Sweetheart of the Rodeo came out before us, and and then of course the Flying Burrito Brothers. Right. But uh, yeah, man, Poco, uh, come on, man, we, we definitely we we set a we we set the the course, man. For you listen to Chris uh, Hillman talk or whatever, you know, he said, man, we we were just a country band. Hmm. That's all we were. Uh, but Poco, man, had the vision of trying to cross country music with rock and roll and so if you're going to do that you got to play rock and roll as well right and that goes back to my some of my influences you know you gene vincent carl perkins buddy holly you know i mean they're playing they're 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 playing what we would consider rock and roll kind of like today you know right i heard i heard you say i watched an interview that you did and so i, I don't know if this is true that the original name for poco was pogo yeah well, now, how do 
how did that come about and how did you transition to Poco? We could not come up with a name. It was the strangest thing. I mean, look at all the names that are out there for bands and we could not come up with the name. And so a guy working with us, Dickie Davis, you know, he suggested Poco. Pogo. And we were getting ready to play at the Troubadour. We needed a name. And so we went with it. And it stuck with us for a short amount of time until uh, we actually were doing a concert up in uh, Santa Barbara. And we got served with papers by Walt Kelly. Is that the cartoon guy? He he wrote the cartoon character, swamp character, Pogo. Right. And and he said, get out of my tree. And he said, get out of my tree or it's going to cost you a lot of money. And so we uh, just decided, well, look, you know, let's just take the little line off the G and become Poco. And so that's what happened to and Poco us. was a much better name anyway. It was a much better name and much, 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 much better. And you stuck it out with them for seven albums. and But then you, came, you, you went back to them in the late 80s and you recorded uh, Legacy, was it? Was it Legacy or Legend? Legacy. And it was Legacy. Legacy. Yeah. Did you tour with them, or did you just record with them back then? Well, I I did the the reunion record, and I toured with them the first leg of the tour. I, I didn't stay. I didn't stay and do the uh, the final leg of the tour. Okay. So they did they did some on their own, and and I did uh, I did the first leg. Because I saw Poco. Now this is a weird one. There was a Boston radio station that used to have concerts in South Station. I saw Poco in South Station at lunch time once and I, <laughs> oh it was it was actually a pretty cool venue for concerts it was like it was like they'd have them at like noontime for lunch people they do these free concerts and it was steve forbert and poco it was actually pretty cool but i i couldn't remember it was a one of those days just getting to boston i live in rhode island but you know the distance from me to boston is 50 miles but that 50 miles it might as well be like a thousand it's just an, <laughs> it's an ordeal to get to boston but i went up there for the show really wanted to see the two act and it, it ended up being like a nine hour affair just to see that one hour wow. show <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. Well, we we had a lot of fun in Boston. Obviously, you know, I New York and Boston. We sure had some fun, and uh, that's what I wrote in one song. But uh, we had some good people that were, um, you know, that uh, that really liked us back there. And that was po- about Poco's biggest audiences. Man, we were like in the Northeast in Boston, and and then down in the city in New York. Uh, those were some of the biggest audiences that we had. Mm. You wrote a song called "We Were Dreamers," and that was about. Basically uh-huh. about Poco? Yeah, and, and it's crazy because I wrote one called When It All Began, and it's not like I sit around and dwell upon it. It just came out that way, you know? So, yeah, We Were the Dreamers was, uh, was a song that I wrote that, you know, talked about, you know, just, uh, hey, the, the beginning of the band and carrying on, and then those that carried on after us, you know? There were others that came along that uh, they, they're having their day in the sun right now and, and all, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of a reflective song. So you've written quite a few songs for... You know, for the various bands picking up the pieces, Kind Woman, which is a song I've heard done by, I mean, Jim Messina's does that in his concerts. Yeah, Jimmy's done it a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Fallen in Love, Good Feeling to Know. I mean, you, you've been involved in a lot of songs and you've sang a lot of songs. You've got a lot of stuff out there. I mean, you've got, you know, almost 30 albums out there at least. Um, at least, if not more. I mean, that's just a rough count.
At one point, I guess you considered retiring, and uh, what what's your status on retiring? I know a lot of bands go out and they say, "Well, this is going to be our last concert," and that you know, I've seen I've seen the last concert of some bands a few times. But I mean, what's, <laughs> what's your status of retiring? I, mean, I just saw Johnny Mathis a couple of weeks ago, and he's eighty eight, and he doesn't have any plans of retiring. And you know, we're seeing other people that are out there, and they were like, "Well, I think this is going to be it. I think I'm going to retire now." How long do you think you're going to keep going? 
you know what? I'm winding down. There's no doubt about it. You know, traveling and to do what I want to do, you know, the way I want to do it, you know, the co- it's cost prohibitive. You know, you can't you can't do it. But also it's tiring, a lot of wear and tear. And, uh, you know, Nancy and I, you know, we've been married for 56 years. That's great. And a lot of that time has always been, you know, for somebody else doing concerts or, you know, pastoring the church for 30 years as well, you know, right. 35. And so it's always been for somebody else. And, you know, we just kind of you know, took a look at the situation and just said, you know what, we just got to take some time for ourselves. And we were up in Nova Scotia a couple of weeks ago, which oh, was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, man. It was just beautiful. It was is absolutely right. And um, I, I am slowing down. And so I, I, I don't know. I do have shows scheduled clear into May of next year, but uh, you know, with time moves on, you know, it's just, uh, it, it, it's time, you know, uh, to do things the way I would like to do them. Um, it, it's just time to to probably say, hey, you know, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, do what you do, and do what you do. <laughs> well, I mean, you've you've been playing music for a long time. It's you know, it is. It's a you know, you got to enjoy your life, and if there's other things you want to do, you could do them. But that's not saying that you know you give it up, and then all of a sudden you say, you know what, I want to go play a show. And you you have that option. Yeah, that's and and I will exactly do that. That's for sure. I, I will have that option, and if. if something like that comes up in the meantime but uh i'm I'm slowing down there's no doubt about it and it's just uh i I said one time i'm retiring when i'm 40 (laughs) well here i am 40 years later man (laughs) well i i mean i can totally understand i mean i'm 62 and i'm out there playing gigs three or four nights a week and it's like it kills you and it's just you know hauling stuff around playing for a couple of hours hauling stuff driving you know it, it is exhausting the playing part is you know i think it was dan fulgerberg had the sign uh, the song and he had something about the you know the audience is wonderful but the traveling is hell or something like that oh, yeah and it's just I, can, it's, I relate i can relate to that yeah I, that's, uh, that's the complaint I, with I, most people exactly. it's the, the traveling that kills you yeah. one of the things that's hard on me right now is you know i mean my voice has been my instrument and and you know as you get older it uh it it, it, it can take a beating and particularly you know when like in the sets that i'm doing now hey i just came back from san diego doing a house concert with the group of guys i've been playing with out there that i've taken on the road with me too which are just great guys but i mean we played for almost two hours mm. and you know when when you're the when you're the guy that's singing for two hours and you're 80 years old you know i mean that uh it gets uh it can wear you out pretty quick and and that's my you know i think if i felt my voice was stronger and able to to uh, withstand the demand of uh, you know you you don't get much rest on the road you traveling and this and that and the other you know it'd be one thing but um, it's it's uh, that that's the one thing it's not like just picking up a guitar man unless you got arthritis you know well, that's <laughs> you part of my problem forward. that's part of my uh, problem I've got that yeah. issues going on so. yeah me too <laughs> so you want to talk about the show that's coming up at the Greenwich Odium next week yeah what's going mean, to go on uh, well we're we're going to give a history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Those are Basically, always fun. you know, you know, I, I've picked out a, a, quite a few songs, you know, that that I think really tell a lot of the story. There'll be a couple of new things, uh, a couple of new songs. I've got some songs from every single aspect of my uh, career, except the Go Go Singers. I don't have that. <laughs> But it, it'll cover up. It'll cover Buffalo Springfield, uh, Poco, Souther, Hillman, Fure, and solo stuff. I'll have Jesse sing a couple of songs. Now, who's Jesse again? Jesse's my daughter, Jesse Lynch. And uh, uh, how long has she been out there playing? Jesse's been out there with me for probably 
10, 12 years now. Now, yeah. did she go into it voluntarily, or is this something you're like, now you're going to well, sing I, when you grow up? No, nah, she went off to New York to go to, uh, she went to a school called AMDA, the American Musical, uh, gosh, I can't even remember, television and radio artists or so, I don't know what it was, but she wanted to be a, She wanted to be in the entertainment field, and she ended up meeting her husband, and uh, they were doing some, uh, some plays at the time, but then they moved back here, and we started, uh, I had her come in and sing on a couple of my records, and then we started picking out some songs, because everybody said, man, you should make your own record, and so we picked out about, I think we got 12 songs, you know, that we thought, hey, this would be good, and I took her to Nashville, and we recorded most of them out there in Nashville with, um, with the same band that i've been working with and because she was going to figure out you know do i want to go into this music business thing or do i want to have a family well you know about the time that that record was finished family started <laughs> <laughs> so she she goes out with me and i think it fills that little void that might have been in her uh, in the back of her mind someplace you know about being uh being an artist because she just really gets out there and enjoys it and to tell you the truth if uh, if she wasn't with me it would be harder for me probably to go out and play right now because i just really love singing with her having her out there on, on the road with me and and, uh, and being there and so you know in every configuration whether i take the band from san diego with me or whether it's just uh, dan uh, myself and jesse you know she's there now is that what's going to be at the audium so uh yes that will be it'll, it'll just be dan jesse and me it's going to be a very intimate you know it's going to be the songs and it's going to be i'll tell you you know talk to the audience i love to interact with the audience if i can that's what i hope to do is you know just interact with the audience as we do the concert nice that's that's that's, yeah Yeah, that's that's always good so i noticed that you have chris barato opening for you now you've done a lot of stuff with him done quite a few things with chris we played back east with him on several occasions and even toured some of the places i don't know if we played with him um you know I, I can't remember but yeah i have done some things with him boy he's one hard-working boy man and he's such a uh, he's such a sweet guy man he, he's just the nicest guy in the world and uh, i i really uh, really like him a lot and yeah he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be opening up for us yeah I, it's funny i i've never met chris i, I know his brother mark i've done mark? A few, I've, uh-huh. yeah i've done many gigs with his brother mark but i've never met chris i mean it's just so this will be a chance for me to meet chris too because i like i said i i follow like you know mark and i've known mark for probably 20 years and you know he's always posting about his you know because uh, mark plays with chris a lot and yeah sure he does uh-huh. you know and mark so i mean chris is always posting he's out there on the road with the doobie brothers or this one or that one and you know i noticed that he was playing with you and i'm like that you know i noticed that he's done a lot of stuff with you so that's you know it's a good good mix for a show it should be a lot of fun he's very energetic and uh he's a he's a good entertainer and uh i i really like chris i like mark a lot too man they're both really sweet guys the barardo brothers yeah all right well i'm gonna bring this start to slowly well slowly quickly bring this close i just have a couple more questions for you what is the favorite song of yours that you have written what's the song that you wrote that is your favorite song oh my gosh i know it's always a tough one to choose your kids but (laughs) i know that's like asking me which one of my kids are my favorite kids you know i mean they're all they're all special in their uh, in their own right so it's it's really hard i mean obviously you know the people that want to hear um uh, you know songs that um, I, I, they always want to hear. A kind woman, of course. You know it's probably the most popular song. You know from the Springfield Poker that I ever did, and and it's certainly got a a, a lot of meaning uh, in my in my heart after 56 years. Are you kidding? Mm. Um, so I I don't I, I 
it's hard for me to to say you know which ones i mean if i had to go back and pick some other songs i mean there's a lot of songs that uh oh man i i, I don't know <laughs> I just, just say just say that one and, and we'll be done with it you know i mean i'm looking at this list here that i've written out and, uh <laughs> Now, what's your favorite so, to sing? What 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 song do you absolutely love to sing? Of any song, doesn't have to be yours. It can be any song. What song is it that you absolutely love to sing? Well, you know, we're gonna sing. I hope you dance in this uh, in this show coming up, and I love that song, and I love uh, I love Leanne Womack. I just love the song. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite songs to sing for sure. All right, one more. What's what's one question that you wish that people would ask you that you never get to talk about? <laughs> When are you going to retire? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I think Roger McGuinn, he was like uh, uh, Dan Fogelberg, you know, he said the, the, the worst part of being on earth is just waiting around, yeah. you know, just waiting around. And, and I, I don't know if somebody wants to ask me a question, you know, but uh, you ask me, John, you come and you ask me, okay, and I'll answer it then. All right. Well, I will... Uh see you next week i will wrap this up i want to thank you for taking your time sorry for all the technical yeah. difficulties <laughs> well yeah man it was a lot of crazy stuff going on you know i didn't know if we were going to get this thing done on time and then i said well you know what i'll, I'll make some time to get it done so well, we got her done i certainly appreciate it well i will see you next week i appreciate you taking the time and thank you very much for the conversation yeah you got it man thanks john okay thank bye-bye you. bye-bye couldn't love you anymore And I couldn't tell you anymore But every time I see you The more I know I need you Yeah Oh yeah like rivers always run and lovers watch the same sun step by step and day by day just one looks enough to say yeah Last dance we know Beat of your heart next to mine Makes our love stronger And the longer Your hand is in mine We won't worry about losing time You are the girl of my dreams And you're mine
Thanks to Richie Fure for being part of this episode of the Roots Report podcast. Fure will be at the Odium in East Greenwich on Thursday, October 26th. If you want a good feeling to know, then get to GreenwichOdium.com for more info. That's G-R-E-E-N-W-I-C-H-O-D-E-U-M.com. The Roots Report podcast is presented by Motif Magazine and sponsored by Rhode Island Blood Center, Rhode Island Ballet Theater, and Mother Earth Wellness. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 